A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. It's Thursday the 4th of February, and we're returning to 2 Peter chapter 2. We are seeing that God knows what false teachers are up to. He knows very well what's going on. We are not to think that he is asleep and uncaring in this situation. And Peter has pointed this out to us in telling us that this is proved by two things. This comes in verse 9, which says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. He's saying the proof that God knows what's going on and is not inactive is seen in two things. The first is how he is rescuing the godly from trials. We'll consider what that means in a moment. And the second is to keep the unrighteous under punishment. That's what he's doing until the day of judgment. He's holding them, as it were, captive until the day of judgment. And we've already considered that over the last three days. We've seen how that great judgment of God was seen in previous eras, the pre-creation era, the antediluvian era, uh, era, the pre-flood world, and then the modern world, the post-flood world, and how that all points forward to the certainty of the final judgment and how God now is holding the righteous, uh, the unrighteous captive. He is punishing them now because their actions are leading them to being depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. They are, in effect, doomed. Unless God should do something amazing, they are in a helpless and hopeless condition. That's God's punishment right now of the unrighteous. That's why, by the way, if you've ever been forced into a situation where you have to uh, discuss theology with a committed academic liberal, it is like beating your head against a wall. You cannot really make any kind of progress. There's no real rationality or consistency in the way uh, the conversation goes. And uh, this reveals why they are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. They say light is dark and dark is light. Good is bad and bad is good. That is the idea behind God's punishment of the wicked, his holding of the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. It's a very terrible judgment of God. But now we come to the second proof that Peter mentions, which is that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And what Peter presents now is a record of how God rescues the godly from trials. Now let's just unpack what that means. The godly, first of all, are those who live out the gospel in their lives. They are the real thing. They're not just people who say they are Christians or who adhere intellectually to a certain creed, but they are those who are actually laying their lives, leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ with all they have and trusting in him. They belong to him. They are the real thing. They are true, genuine Christians. And when it says the Lord knows how to rescue them from trials, it doesn't mean how to deliver them from the experience of trials. That clearly uh, would be untrue to experience. Uh, God's people go through all kinds of trials. It would be quite wrong to interpret that as he will prevent you ever suffering any trials. No, uh, the understanding comes when we see what the word trials means. It actually means temptations 
and enticements. That's almost certainly what the meaning is meant there according to the context. And what it's saying is this. It's saying that God will keep his people from succumbing to trials, from giving in to trials, from losing their faith, from betraying their Savior. He will keep them and rescue them so that they remain faithful through those trials to the very end of the day. He will keep them until heaven. That's a very wonderful truth, isn't it? The doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. God does this by empowering his people to persevere. And the examples that um, Peter gives, there are two examples. The first is Noah. And Noah is presented in verse 5 as a herald of righteousness. Do you remember Noah? He was the only one saved from the flood with his wife, his three sons, and their three wives, eight in all. They were the only ones that God preserved. And uh, they are the ones who demonstrate this great truth of God rescuing the godly from trials. Noah, as a preacher of righteousness, presents the true Christian who witnesses to his salvation. We believe at Lionstown in every member making disciple-makers. We believe that that is the way the risen Lord Jesus commissioned his people to the end of time. And Noah absolutely exemplifies that as a herald or a preacher of righteousness. Righteousness is the righteousness that comes through the work of God in Jesus Christ, prefigured in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New. And Noah was a preacher of that righteousness. Very interesting to consider for a moment um, what it was that Noah preached. Remember, there he was on earth. He must have been a figure of great fun, building this vast boat in the middle of uh, nowhere, nowhere near the sea, as far as we know, and uh, taking years and years to do it. It was such a huge undertaking. And people must have come from far and wide to watch Noah and to poke fun at him. And we're told there that Noah was a preacher. Now imagine that we could get Noah back. Imagine that we were um, in some kind of uh, college, a theological college preaching class, and Noah was the guest in the seminar. Well, that would be pretty exciting, wouldn't it? And uh, imagine that we said to Noah, well, what was it you preached? How would Noah reply? Well, he said, I preached judgment. I preached that God's judgment was coming. It was going to come suddenly, and they were going to perish. And then uh, some uh, students in the class might say, well, Noah, are you saying you didn't engage with the culture? We're, we're told, you know, we learn things like public theology. We should be working through the institutions of the culture. We should be promoting justice and demonstrating our opposition to poverty and our care of the environment. How would Noah have replied to that? He said, the environment? You've got to be kidding. The environment was about to collapse. The whole thing was about to fall inwards and kill all the people. As for culture, would say Noah, how can you possibly imagine that I would want to work through the culture? It was a godless, wicked culture, just as your culture is today. No, my message, says Noah, was to repent and flee to the refuge that God had provided. Well, no, some of the smart Alex in the seminar might say, uh, how much success did you have then? Was it a popular ministry? 
world never said no. In a sense, it was a complete failure. The only people I ever succeeded in converting was my wife, my three sons, and their wives. Well, that's not very impressive now. Uh, somebody might be tempted to reply. You know, you should have been preaching perhaps a different message that people could find fulfillment and meaning in their lives, that they could channel their creative energies in the right places. I mean, there is lots of preaching like that, and it's very popular. Now, if you like, we could get you on some kind of ministry training courses. They are accredited by the theological faculties of the best universities in our land, and you'd come out with a great qualification. You could join those theological faculties and perhaps make a good living from that. Do you think Noah would want to respond to those kinds of offers? Do you see how they show how far evangelistic preaching has come from the authentic thing? Noah was an authentic herald of righteousness. And we should not forget that. And uh, that is a picture of the kind of person that God rescues, that God keeps through the trials to fall away. Tomorrow, we'll consider the example of Lot. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that faithful man, Noah. Thank you that he was indeed a herald of righteousness, a preacher of your truth. Thank you so much for that wonderful salvation so pictured in the ark that saved Noah and his family members from that flood that destroyed everyone else. Father, please, would we be strengthened and encouraged by the knowledge that you do indeed rescue the godly, those who are truly committed to your gospel, from trials, that we would not fall away. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.